And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back into the B Team Podcast, brought to you by Jack Riblet, Rabbit Illustrated, part of the Splitting Hairs Podcast. We're giving you the Week Ten Edition, wrap up a college game day, and give you a little peek ahead at Missouri State. I'm Brendan Lidke with my co-host Ben. Ben, how's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Long weekend. It was fun, though. Yeah. Uh, we we missed you. Too bad you couldn't be there, but uh, I feel yeah. like I feel like I represented for the both of us. So. Well, I appreciate that, and we did get, have our seats filled, so <laughs> we had some noise in the stadium making up for us. The seats didn't go unfilled. That's important. Uh, extenuating circumstances being what they were. Um, watching game day and getting to watch everything was close second best to what the weekend could have been if I was there, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, we can we should start there, by the way. Thank you so much for fans for showing up and doing it right. I mean that was that atmosphere was awesome. at the game was amazing. It looked phenomenal. Game day was awesome. You know, we heard this chirping all week that it was um, you know, NDSU's the reason they're there, all this crap. Um, which yeah, they were definitely part of the reason they're there. I don't think this game gets the attention it did without NDSU being what they are. But they're not hold, they're not holding game day at Youngstown because NDSU is playing there either. And I think part of it is the funny thing is you could tell NDS or game day was hoping if Jackrabbit fans didn't show up, NDSU fans would with trying to invite them down and pump the rivalry factor. And NDSU fans didn't show up and Jackrabbit fans showed out. And that was awesome. See, that's what I was honestly surprised there wasn't more green at game day. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. I, I, I don't know where they're, where they're, Fan, I mean, you wouldn't know, but I don't know. Were there fans at the tailgate that decided not to go to game day? Or I, yeah. were there just not that many of them? I, um, I don't know. I think it's a combination of both, probably. I mean, it's not like they had 10,000 fans down there either, or even six, five or six. So you have a bunch of them driving from Fargo to get down there at game day that early that's a huge effort you got to be able to get hot- you got to have a hotel darn near to ahead of time to do that yeah and but i was surprised with you that there wasn't more because hearing from talk smack all week before long you'd you'd think that it was going to be 70 percent bison fans and all that oh yeah stuff. they, they but, were going to take it over i mean mm-hmm. and honestly i mean we were worried about it i mean we would text back and forth be like man is it going to be embarrassing like is NDSU really going to take this over? And well, it's a legitimate thing. They travel well yeah. enough, you know, so you had to think that they might. And now it's just fun to hear some of them try to play it off. Like, ah, well, you know, it's game day. We'd rather, you know, tailgate or whatever. We're not spending money. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, looking at the weekend, the way I think to classify it for me with the game and everything was the best worst weekend ever. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just with the, the, how the game went and it was an awesome game. Don't get me wrong, but God, that was brutal. And then Gibbs going down and all that stuff. It best, best bad weekend ever by far. It was awesome. The whole thing was awesome. The game itself though, with how it ended was just a, 
real kick in the knackers. Yeah, I mean, I I think the biggest damper is Gibbs injury. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not as down because Gibbs went down in the first quarter and we stuck with him and had him, you know, two minutes and forty seconds left in the game in his tie game. I mean, so in that aspect, I'm not that down on the game. Obviously, I'm down on losing to them. I never want to lose to them. But overall, I feel like after Gibbs went down, our team showed a lot of moxie being able to – I mean, even once they got down by 10, I was like, oh, here we go. We're going to lose by 20, 30 points. And they came back. I mean, they, they fought. They kept running the ball like beasts. Our line was just – doing great against their big D line. And, you know, uh, we had, we had a chance to win the game. That's, that's really, when you play a team like NDSU, that's what you, you hope to have at least. I mean, right. You won't. And, you know, I think it's different if you're not playing a backup quarterback, you're playing a backup quarterback. You want to be in a position to get the win at the end of the game. And we did that with how one dimensional we were forced to be because of that. It was a phenomenal effort. Uh, Exactly. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not that we hit. It was like a distant watch. It was so sudden and just, just, I hate, I hate losing to NDSU. I just, I hate it. Just passionately. (laughs) I can't even put into words how much I hate losing to NDSU, especially when you live in Fargo. That's a oh, gross. But I believe No, you're, you're right. I think the most impressive thing with the whole game was how the offense was able to move the ball and just ram the ball on their throats. And realistically, you take the two big, long runs away from NDSU, the, you just take the last run away from NDSU where once you get past the line of scrimmage, that's a touchdown. It's uh, the rushing yardage was like dead even, dead even on attempts. I think they got maybe like 15, 20 yards more with the same amount of rushing attempts. So dead even there when they had their starting quarterback. And we didn't have a passing threat to speak of for three quarters, three and a half quarters of that game. That's just really something impressive. I think the thing that frustrated me the most about the game, though, was just mental errors on drives that turned drives stop drives from being touchdowns and made them field goals or you know the the obviously the infamous play before the the interception thrown by Heidi yeah no doubt I mean that's stuff that you hate to see and, and you can't do it against against teams like NDSU you just you have to be clean on your game the whole time you can't give them anything that they don't take themselves and we we did that multiple times with penalties. Yep, yep. And it's not necessarily, you know, I. It, it sucks when we get a holding penalty. It sucks when there's a pass interference and all that stuff, and those are frustrating. It's just the ones that aren't forced. You know, if we're in the Fargo Dome and we have false starts and stuff, it's a lot more understandable. But we're at home. Yep. And sure, there was some NDSU fans there being rowdy, but it's not like we're playing in the Fargo Dome where they were that loud, and it was just big mental errors when we're driving the ball and with how we were having to run our offense, you're not going from, you're not running a first and 15 and getting first down if you get off schedule like that. It just 
it, killed drive. Exactly, and that's the biggest thing is with the way we were, we had to be calling our plays. We couldn't get behind the chains, and nope. you know, if Gibbs is in the game and we have, we end up going from a second and five to a second and ten. It's not as big of a deal because he's got the ability to throw the ball downfield consistently. If we got who we had in the game, you know you're probably going to have to run the ball. And, you know, if you end up having to throw it, things like that interception happen. Yeah. And, you know, that for me, I think part of the reason, yeah, you feel good you kept it close, but I'm kind of – this program's to the point where keeping it close isn't what they're there for. I'm sure the parent, the players would say that before anybody. Um, so that was a little bit of a frustrating point, but yeah, God, we were, it was so close and those are games that you want to get over the edge and we were so close to doing it, it would have been awesome, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the, it, the, it definitely, the atmosphere at that game was amazing. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was the most that I've seen people consistently standing up every single third down, fourth down, you know, any, even like second downs and stuff that were big plays. People got up, they were yelling, they were clapping, getting into it. And, you know, it was just fun to see. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully we see that continue. Um, but yeah, it, it just would have been a lot of fun to get that, uh, that stop on fourth down and see if we could have seen a little vinitary magic. Um, Mm-hmm. a la his uncle and but alas we we didn't get to see it yeah and kind of is what it is the thing i was the most excited i'm most excited about about this weekend and hopefully if you're uh, uh, uh someone who was there or anybody listening to this podcast you have friends listening to the podcast uh people who was their first game or you know don't ever come to any other games I hope they realize that this that an SCSU football game isn't just the game. You can make it a whole day event, and it can be like that every weekend that you go. That's what it is for me and our tailgating group when we go. It's a whole day event, and we have a riot every weekend. It, that's a home game. It's a lot more than just going to the game. You can have a blast just like game day. I mean, it's not going to have game day there, but you can have pretty close to that much fun every game. You know what I mean? I know you guys do at your tailgate. Yeah. And I hope that people realize that. And even if it's cold, people have tailgates set up with, with, with walls, and it's almost more fun. And I hope that sold people on what the atmosphere is and how fun it is to watch this team play. Yeah, I, I think it was a good showing. Um, you know, between game day being so much fun and being so many people there, being such a success, and then the tailgating atmosphere looked good. I mean, I didn't get away from my area much so I didn't see and see as much but you know everywhere I looked there was good tailgate spots and good crowds at them everybody was having a good time um it was good weather which was nice um you know because you know a weekend like that if you have bad weather it just kind of puts a damper on it but um right you know I think I think a lot of people probably were really impressed by the experience that they had and hopefully they uh Got a little taste and want some more and come back because we're you're all everybody's welcome. We're we're, we're looking yeah. to grow the fan base. Absolutely, come back, be loud, look, look into season tickets. They're 
just dirt cheap if you want to get some good. I mean, my seats are front row and they're like 150, 125 bucks yeah, for the season. Exactly. Yeah, so, for anybody that's man, mad, front row for seats. anybody that's mad about how much you paid for the NDSU game, just uh, go ahead and buy season tickets next year because it's a hell of a deal. <laughs> yeah, and even if you get season tickets, it doesn't mean you have to go to every no. game, but you go to the ones you can make. And odds are, if you put a little bit of planning into it, you can probably make four, and then give the other two games away. Those tickets are paid for themselves after three games. If you go to Hobo Day, you go to um, NDSU or USD, and then say like you and I or Illinois State, that those tickets are well paid for over value by what you got out of them. Just go to the game, have some fun, find a tailgating spot that you like the people in, go hang out with them. I haven't found a tailgating spot yet that is going to be like, oh, yeah, uh, you've come here too too often, so <laughs> please, please don't don't anymore. And, you know, if they do that, come to our tailgate. We're probably more fun than those guys anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it, this was a real opportunity. Hopefully people realize that how awesome game day is and why – you know, guys like myself and you and Matt and Chad, who was on last week, and, you know, you got the hair raisers and, you know, the parents tailgate and all these guys that have, that go every week and have a riot. Hopefully everybody got a taste of what we get to do every home game and realize you can do that in Brookings, South Dakota every time. Right. And, I mean, part of it is that, yes, we are alumni of South Dakota State, but at the same time, I think that uh, what I hope a lot of people realize is that there is a big-time atmosphere right in Brookings. You don't have to go down to Lincoln for that. You don't have to go to Iowa City. You don't have to go up to Minneapolis. There's big-time tailgating and big-time players and games going on right in your backyard. Get out there and enjoy it. I mean, you don't – it's tough to make it to games down in Lincoln, but it's pretty easy just to drive up to Brookings on a Saturday morning – have a good time, go to the game, and you're home by, you know, 6 o'clock usually, and you, you can sleep in your own bed. And it's – to me, I think it, that the SDSU atmosphere is very close to and just as good as, like, the Nebraska atmosphere, for example, for, for most games. I mean, you get Nebraska versus, you know, Wisconsin or something like that. Sure, that's a big, mm-hmm. huge, huge game. And, yeah, that's not going to be comparable. But beyond that, I mean, there's – I'm just – the point is there's good football and good tailgating going on in Brookings, and hopefully people got a taste of that and they come back for more. Yeah, I mean, I've been to Nebraska. I've been to Camp Randall. I've been to Jack Trice. I've been to a lot of – you know, I've been to Michigan State Stadium. I've been to South Bend, Indiana. I dare anybody to go to Dana Dykow Stadium walk up to that stadium and tell me you don't get a similar big time feeling walking up to that stadium as you do walking up to any of the other ones that I've mentioned. Cause I've been to all of them and you get that. Holy shit. This is a big deal. You right. know, feeling that you get when you walk up or walk up to, I've been to Lambo, you know, Metrodome, all those places you get that feeling in your chest. That, oh, this is a big deal. Let's go. $17 for tickets for some of these games. Go and do it. You'll have a blast every game. I promise you that. Walk up to a random tailgate if you don't know anybody going. Just start up a conversation. Most of the time, they're going to invite you right in, probably throw you a beverage or two, and have you try some of their food and hang out. You know? Yeah. So if you had a good time, come on back. Right. And the facilities thing is a good point, too. I think 
I don't think local people realize how lucky we are to have oh one of the best, if not the best, the best stadium in FCS. And yeah, NDSU fans said said just as much. I mean, the people that the NDSU fans that hadn't been there yet that came to it, they were like, "Wow, this is a first class stadium." You know, they walked through the indoor stadium, said good things about that. I mean, that it, it's we're lucky. Oh, we are beyond blessed with the facilities we have now. Um, I've had a UNI fan who's been to dozens and dozens of stadiums come up to me and tell me that's the best stadium he's ever been in. Um, I've even had some NDSU fans say that for the FCS level. I'm not saying, like, it's better than Lincoln or nothing, but, like, for the FCS level, one of the best stadiums in the country. It's top-notch. And, you know, especially if you tailgate down in the library lot, things like that, I think that the tailgating's up there and growing up there. And you can be a part of growing that, which is kind of a cool thing. Oh, for sure. And one thing to mention that a lot of people were surprised about is that the tailgating that goes on the library lot, you don't have to reserve a spot. You just show up when it opens up and you set up camp and you do your thing. You know, it's not like the Show up early, though. There's a line. Oh, for sure. Show up early, but... I mean, yep. you don't have to have a, you know, in the backyard, you've got your reserve spot that you have to reserve it all year and you got to have everything set up. It's like, no, just we show up with tents, we set up, we have a good time. And it's, it's as simple as that. You don't, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And it can be even more simpler than that. You can just bring a couple chairs and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it can be as easy as it make it, but, um, right. That out that the, there are plenty of tailgating areas that you don't have to pay a dime for. Yep. Well, you paid 10 bucks for your parking, but true. Yeah. True. I mean, you're not paying a few dimes, you know, $1,500 <laughs> a year to have a tailgating spot. Exactly. Like that, which I think kind of makes it add some of the fun to it, I think. For sure. But um, there's some of us out there. You'll have a hard time beating us to our spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Cause it's like, it's getting to the point where there's, consistent people showing up and like people know okay that's their spot that's their spot um Mm -hmm. so it's getting to be a good uh good atmosphere out there yep you show up and it's like oh hair razors is there here's we are ben's down there oh yeah those guys are there all the time so you almost know don't park in his spot because that's (laughs) where he's gonna be yeah (laughs) uh, it makes it a lot of fun it's a real community atmosphere there yeah um Back, let's go back to uh, game day for a second. How awesome was Pat McAfee? Oh, he was he was he was the bomb. He was great. I mean, I that dude was legend. That he was awesome on there, man. Like it, he was a lot of fun it, to watch. It would have been cool to have Adam Vinatieri there because he's just a, a right. legend. But mm-hmm. as far beyond beyond having him there, I don't think anybody else could have done better than Pat McAfee. No, I mean, you think about it, like, oh, he doesn't have South Dakota, Dakota connections. You think Brock Lesnar was going to do put on that sort of a show for SDSU? Yeah. He doesn't have any connections to SDSU. No way. You're going to bring in Matt Miller? Why, just because he was born in Mitchell? I mean, Mike Miller. Mike Miller, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Mike, if you listen to the podcast. I'm sure you're busy with, with Memphis. But uh, you know, if you do happen to catch that, my apologies, big man. But uh, Hey, thanks for approving so, that uh, waiver, though. For wing, wing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, thanks for this all there. Hey, that's not our podcast. <laughs> but no, he was phenomenal. Uh, game day, just 
the students showed out. Um, my favorite stat of Saturday was the student section was just hammered packed. They had like 3,156 3, people or something silly like that. And USD had like 4,200 people show up to their game. So students do that every game. When you're really packed in, you're going to stay warm anyways, even if it's cold. And I'm sure you all had plenty of uh, adult beverages, even if you're not supposed to. <laughs> I'm not condoning that, but I know that I'm not an idiot. I would have never done that myself, obviously. I'm of such upstanding character. Right. But <laughs> I would I abstain from such heathen practices. <laughs> but uh, they showed out awesome. That was that was pretty phenomenal to see i mean everything was phenomenal to see but um god that looked great uh and hopefully everybody keeps showing up for that as in the student section as well i mean really they've been showing out all year though. yeah they've they've done great uh just a note if anybody was watching the game day broadcast and saw the double sdsu flag just to the right of the huge michigan flag those are my flags just just just, just wanted to just let throw it. that out there let it be known. Yeah, Ben wanted to make sure that you knew you saw his poll <laughs> <laughs> on national television. Yeah, I was more concerned about my flag, but I mean the flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. flag poll. Right. Don't make weird. <laughs> Don't be like that. <laughs> but, no, that was it. Was cool to see. Um, I spent a whole lot of time on signs that never saw ESPN. <laughs> so. Hey, I'll, next time I'll probably just stick with the flagpole because that was a lot easier to do. Yeah, that was a but, that was a good idea. That'd be a good idea, I think. That's a lot to handle. Yep. But no, the whole I mean, it was just surreal standing there watching it. Um, I've tweeted way too many tweets about it just because I, uh, I I can't pass up the moment, and who knows if it'll ever happen again. So I wanted to take advantage of it while it's here, um, and it. Like I said, it was just completely surreal watching it, standing there. I didn't think I would stay there for the whole time, but I got there at like 7, and I stayed there until 11 because it was just – I couldn't I couldn't move. I mean, it was – I had my – I was glued. Like, I, I could not leave it. It was just – it was awesome. a blast. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. That was a unique thing. The stars aligned perfect for it to work out. Um, I think with how we showed out, it's – you know, not impossible. I just know it's probably not likely to happen again. Right. But right. it wasn't likely to happen in the first place. So, you know, no. that's I mean, kinda... I think, yeah, I think the, the way that it would happen is if we win an Addy or two and we're, you know, ranked highly and we have another highly ranked team coming in and yep. the FBS slate ends up the way it did. I mean, it, it could happen again. I mean, it's, Right, not out of the realm of possibility, but I do think it'll take a natty or two to get him back. To be honest, yeah. Speaking of natties, obviously we've touched on this already, but something that is going to have a realistically going to have a real effect on natty implications and seating implications is Jabori's injury. Um, kind of a downer to go from game day to that, right? <laughs> um, you know, we gotta. Got to talk about it. Can't pretend it didn't happen. And, you know, as of the time of this recording, we don't know the severity of his injury yet. Um, could be season ending, ending, could be week to week. Um, you know, how do, how do you think we handle that? You know, it, it, I think season ending is pretty easy to, 
to figure out how we handle that. But if it's going to be a week-to-week type deal, what what's your opinion on how this should operate? Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, it, it really does depend on – let's just go with the week-to-week scenario because it depends so much on, on the severity of it. But if it's week-to-week, in my opinion, I think – that we should roll with Nelson for the Missouri state game just mm-hmm. to have the, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, it, it's a double-edged sword because on one side I'm thinking, well, let's try to save Heidi's redshirt if we can, because he's only mm-hmm. played two games. Yep. On the other hand, if there's any inkling that it's more than week to week, let's just put Heidi out there. And get him the reps, get him. Yep. I mean, get him a, an easier game against a team like Missouri State before we have to play Northern Iowa in Illinois State, because right. those are huge games that we. Yeah, you know, we still have even with the lost NDSU, we've got a shot at a top three or four seed, mm-hmm. and so it's not like we can just say well, just making the playoffs is good enough now that Gibbs is gone. It's not. I mean, we we still have very, very high expectations for the season. So, uh, I mean, if, if, that, if that means taking Heidi's red shirt, I, I think that – I don't think they'll hesitate to do that at all. No, and, you know, looking at it, if you, if you think, you know, personally my feelings on it, um, when coach comes out after the game and says, well, we look to pass more with Heidi in because he's the better passer than he's the guy you start at quarterback. Cause you look at what this roster did against NDSU this last game. It, I don't think it's, um, taking anything away from NDSU's win to say, if we have a pat, some semblance of a passing game, that could be an entirely different game. So that tells you right there that this is a natty contending roster that we have um, the same thing happened and a similar scenario happened to NDSU and they brought in Easton stick so then they just kind of you know rallied around him the O-line bared down the defense bared down they ran the ball down everybody's throats and that's how they made the natty and this team I think capable of that so I think you can't you can't go and try to save somebody's red shirt with the season like that on the line. So even if it is week to week for me personally, Gibbs has gone down twice now with an injury and missed time. We can't afford to have it happen a third time. And then we go, Oh, well, I guess we're burning Heidi's injury, Heidi's red shirt now and have him have no, no experience. And all of a sudden it happens, say it happens against USD. And now it's Heidi's first real action because we were week to week and we we didn't want to use him against Missouri State. So now his first action is the first round the second round of the playoffs. Right. That is not a scenario I want to be in. I think personally if I'm doing it and I I don't see see anything wrong with uh the way you're thinking about it, um it'd be great to save the red shirt absolutely. And I think what you do is you play Heidi in Missouri State if Gibbs isn't back for you and I then you play him against you and I, and hopefully Gibbs is back, you know, by the, or I'm sorry, not you and I, by Illinois State, and then hopefully Gibbs is back for you and I, and you're able to save that red shirt unless Gibbs gets hurt. 
but then you have the experience and you have um you have him his experience as backup and he doesn't burn his red shirt but should Gibbs go down yeah you're burning it anyways cuz you need your best option out there cuz it's getting too close to playoff time but it's just god it's a tough situation and realistically though i want i you i want id to get the experience out there under his belt right now yeah i yeah after hearing you talk through it and thinking about it a little more i i do agree that i think that Heidi is the only way to go at this point um because like you said i mean you know i think i a worst i don't know if it's worst case because there's worst case would be gives out for the season but an, another worst case scenario would be if you know, if if we get in deep in the playoffs and Gibbs goes down and we have to throw Heidi back in there and we're like, well, good luck, kid. We know you've only had right. <laughs> you've only had three quarters of reps, but go win right. us, go win us a natty, lead us to victory. Right. You know, and looking at him throw, I think he's definitely good enough that it, we can you can play call around it. Our running game's good enough, and he's good enough. You can play call around him and get him into a rhythm and easier passing plays without forcing him to carry the team. This team's that good, and I fully expect the senior leadership to step up, look everybody in the eye, and say it's our time to carry this team until Jabori's back. And that's what I personally expect to happen. But during that time, you still want Heidi getting the backup reps. You want him getting those live reps. And you know what? The next year – you know, maybe then you redshirt him as the backup, and then hopefully Gibbs doesn't get hurt all season, and he's able to use that as a redshirt. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Um, but I do think the you know the NDSU Eastern Stick comparison is definitely valid because it's a you know it's a very good possibility that one of the outcomes of Gibbs' injury could be that he isn't available until the the championship, maybe assuming we make yep. it there. Right. And, and I, you know, we possibly need Heidi to lead us there and then, you know, Gibbs maybe back at that point. But Right. And, you know, do we know what Heidi has as a quarterback? Not really. Do I feel that Gibbs is got a lot more talent than him? That's what it feels like looking at it, but we haven't seen Heidi be able to develop. So I'd rather have that touch, tough question for the championship game of who do you who do you play in the natty you know when that time comes right <laughs> let's just hope let's just hope we we have that this difficult decision to make yeah cuz you know looking at it with the seeds and after this loss <sighs> coaches poll i don't know we've talked about this before the coast, the coach's pole is a dumpster fire filled with manure, lit on fire with napalm. Yeah, I wish I had like if I had sound effects, I would just like flush a toilet because it's just yeah, it's I garbage. Know. I mean, it, and it's worthless. I think we've touched on this before. Any fool out there goes, well, I think I don't know how you can question the coaches. I think you're smarter than them about football. I'm not questioning their football acumen. I'm questioning you for being the moron who thinks that they have the time 
to watch any other games besides the film for the team that's upcoming and their film from what happened the week before and then coach a football game and all the other logistics of recruiting and everything else they got to do. You think they haven't, they have an informed opinion on what Sacramento state is doing out in the big sky and what Kennesaw state's doing playing D2 and NAIA schools. You're, you're out of your mind. But with the stats poll, AGS poll, we didn't move at all. I think the stats poll is probably going to be more realistic with how the committee looked at it. And like you look at uh, Brian McLaughlin's, uh, his poll is probably how it's going to work with the committee as well, where we right now, as it sits, are probably the number five team in their eyes. Uh, We've got the three and four teams in Weber and Sac State playing each other this weekend. And the loser of them is probably going to drop behind us, and we will be in line for the four seed unless the two of the teams ahead of us slip up, which is going to set up a semifinal game at NDSU. And I know that will be frustrating for a lot of SDSU fans think, listening to this and even thinking about it who don't listen to this. That's frustrating. We have to go to Fargo. But once you're in the semifinals, I don't think it's the committee's job to – ensure you have an NDSU free route because you've played them a lot through to the championship game. Yeah, that, it'll be interesting. I mean, it, if, it, if it does play out like that where NDSU's one, Jamie's two, I think that's a pretty foregone conclusion at this point. And then you've got either Weaver State or Sac State ahead of us. You know, I think the – and assuming well, – let's say that we went out – I think that I think we'll have a legitimate argument for the three seed. To be honest, I think you know, knowing I, I understand that either way, it, you know, if it's Weber State winning out or Sac State winning out, both of them have two FBS losses. However, right, who are they against? I mean, Weber State's against San Diego State and Nevada, which. Uh, Nevada's four and four, and San Diego State. Yeah, San Diego State's seven and one, I guess. So they're decent. And Sac State's um, one of them is Arizona State, and the other one is Fresno State. And Fresno State's not very yeah. good. So my point is, uh, our our losses are, will be to Minnesota, who has done very well, and NDSU, who has shown that they're just as good or better than most FBS or a lot of FBS teams. So, you know, I, I think we'll at least have an argument is my point. Sort of an argument. They don't count FBS losses at all. I don't think they even really look at them from what my understanding is. Unless you won against an FBS, that doesn't carry any weight. And what's going to end up happening, say Sac State wins, which I'm, I'm leaning towards happening, Sac State wins. They've got to win against Montana. They got to get win over Weber, who put it on you and I a little bit. Um, so they'll, they'll have some pretty good wins there. Plus, they smoked Montana State. Uh, they're going to have a hell of a resume. And our best win, if we win out, will either be Illinois State or you and I. And while they're ranked somewhat highly, you and I went out to Weber and peed down their legs for the first half. And Illinois State just got bushwhacked by NDSU and they don't have any real huge wins on their resume. So I don't think those signature wins are going to stack up to what a Sacramento state 
would have or Weber State would have for that matter should they run the table at the end of the year. And that's what I'd be worried about that and the the committee's propensity if it's close to give us the route that goes through Fargo. Right. You know, when it comes down to it, if it's that close and they've got the option of send, having a probable having the seed the next highest seed going to Fargo that's close in a bus ride or one that they've got to fly out from Sacramento, they're probably going to go with that one, and that's just the nature of the business. The FCS playoffs don't make make enough generate enough income for all this stuff to be played out as we would love it to be and have the whole seal whole field seated and travel not matter. Yeah. And it's just the way it yeah. is. And to be honest, I I don't know that it really matters all that much. I mean we if we want to win a natty we're gonna have to go through NDSU at some point and I think beating them in Fargo is going to be just as difficult as beating them in Fargo. Um Yes. And so, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but at the same time, um, a point that I made on a, on a post that I made was if we go up to Fargo and beat them, you know how cheap and available Natty tickets will be? So, well, right. <laughs> I mean, from that perspective, I'd like to beat them in the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah. But um, something I've always said personally, we've been to Fargo so many times, it's not. It, yes, it's hard to beat them in Fargo, but it's something we're somewhat used exactly. to at this point. You have to play them in Frisco with all the hoopla surrounding our first national championship game and the two-week layover and adjusting to that. While they're as used to that as a week one game, <laughs> that we'd actually, I feel, be at a bigger disadvantage playing them in Frisco than we would playing them up in Fargo, which sounds crazy to say, but with their experience in that game, the amount of fans they have that have already that have already bought tickets, and that'll be there. It's probably going to be like a home game for them. I would rather play them somewhere we're used to instead of unfamiliar territory down in Texas. Right. Yeah. From a football standpoint, completely agree. I mean, the tailgate and the hoopla leading up to it would be just insane if it was the national championship game, and it'd be right. It would be to be down there for that tailgate and all that stuff. But right. Um, from a football standpoint, it's probably better for us, in my opinion, to play them in Fargo. So I wouldn't be too upset with the four seed. Agreed. But what damn well better not happen is that we end up at the five seed because they somehow seed Kennesaw State at four. If that happens, we riot. We burn things yes. down that are like lose your mind riot because that would be the biggest injustice in the world. I want them to be the five seed, have them come to Brookings and get pistol whipped by us up here and have to go back home between their legs. But if we've got to go down to Kennesaw, so be it, and waffle stomp them again. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not worried about losing to them, but it would just be such mm. a huge injustice. That oh, I would be criminal. I mean, yeah. Absolutely And criminal. we probably, but, we, we didn't mention that, the reason why we mentioned the coaches poll being a joke is because they put us at five and they put Kennesaw State above us. So... Which is weird. Then they had Sac State, I think, below us. Yeah, which doesn't make which, any sense either. I mean, having Kennesaw over our, us and Sac State is criminal, absolutely criminal. It is, and honestly, we might want to brace ourselves for that because the committee. I mean, look how overranked they've had Jam or JSU Jacksonville State in the playoffs for the last four or five years 
after that national championship run and then having them go through and whoop up on the OBC. I mean, how many times were they way overseeded and got shellacked? Right. So, you know, but that kind of is what it is. Uh, we're probably going a little long on time here. So, <laughs> uh, you guys killed it in the picks, though, right? Yes. Well, uh, Chad really killed it. He went six and one. Unreal. And, I mean, should have covered the SDSU game, too. He would have went seven and oh if he would have covered SDSU. I didn't do too bad either. I went five and two. So, yeah, it was uh, kind of one of those weeks where the games just kind of went as expected. Um, you know, starting off with the Weber State UC Davis one, we that line was just odd, and it turned. I yeah. mean, it was Weber State was only favored. Or the, no, they were two and a half point dogs in that one, which is which was nuts, ridiculous. That's stupid. And Weber State won by sixteen. Might want to start betting UC Davis games if they're that out of whack with their lines. Yes, fade UC Davis. That may be a strategy for the rest of the season. Right. Yep. And so then we went to Towson and JMU, and JMU barely covered. They uh, were 16.5-point favorites and won by 17, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, it was kind of what we thought would happen. We, we figured they would cover. And mm-hmm. Western Illinois went to Youngstown State. We talked about how Youngstown State's can be motivated. Western Illinois is garbage. And West Youngstown won 59-14 and covered. And then we went yeah. to Indiana State, had to visit Illinois State. And Illinois State beat them 24-7, covered their 10-point spread. Um, let's see here. Then we went to... UNI had to visit Missouri State and won 29-6, covered their 17-point spread. Southern Illinois laughingly just shellacked <laughs> USD. Oh, they, Southern Illinois was an eight-point dog, and they won by 20. Well, and a uh, quick point on Southern Illinois. Uh, I do believe at the beginning of the year, I picked Southern Illinois as my dark horse. Yeah, right? we both talked about it. Right, so... Right now, as it sits, this is setting up that Southern Illinois will have a very real chance of making the playoffs because they've got that FBS win under their belt. The rest of their games they should be favored in because I think they've got Western Illinois, Indiana State, and, um, God, who else? Missouri State. Yep. And, yeah, then they play, and then they play NDSU to finish the season. That would put them at 7-5 and five with an FBS win. Yeah. And with how everything's shaken out nationally, they'll have a real shot at the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's they'd pretty. I would think they'd be a lock at seven and five in Missouri Valley. Right with with, with the FBS win, I don't think they would be if it was just uh, just FCS wins. But, well, I was I was yeah. factoring in the fact that the field in general is pretty weak. I guess I think right. that a, a year like this, seven and five in the MVFC, you're probably getting in. Maybe probably yeah. even without a. Uh, FBS win, to be honest. Yeah, I think the problem is with how um, weak the bottom of the conference is. It's going to see how true. that plays out. Because if you think you think about it, um, USD is the cream of the bottom of the barrel, and they just got shellacked by Southern Illinois at home in a make-or-break game for their season. So then you got Missouri State, Indiana State, and Western Illinois, who are all just different shades of awful. So Real top heavy. That's true. I I gotta be careful not to be one of those guys that just uh, 
always – I don't want to be too much of an MVFC homer. <laughs> well, and I don't think you're necessarily wrong because the rest of the, the conferences around the country are kind of a, a disaster. I'm just cautious on that as it sits right now. We're going to have to see how the committee views everything. Right, right. Because who knows? They're bipolar. It's different every year. No, I, I agree. So, again, USD got embarrassed, which was hilarious. And uh, and then we had, of course, NDSU won by seven. SDSU couldn't cover. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to this week's picks, which we have a few interesting um, out-of-conference matchups that we'll go after here. First one, Monmouth at Kennesaw State. And Kennesaw State's a 13-point favorite in this one. Uh, this is an interesting game. This is going to basically decide the big sky. Um, this is a game that's supposed to be close for the last three, four years and never has been. Big South. But Big South. What did I say? Big Sky? Yeah. Oh, I'm a goober. <laughs> the big, sky, big South. I was thinking of well, the Montana Monmouth game because, yeah, they got blown out in the end, but they had that game tight at half with Montana, which is – more than a lot of teams can say. And Kennesaw State barely squeaked by Missouri State. I mean, Missouri, not Missouri. Mm. Or maybe I meant Missouri. (laughs) So, all that said, um, I think I'm going to go on a limb and say Monmouth covers on this one. I'm I'm still not a believer in Kennesaw. Yeah. I'll probably go with you there. I, I think that it'll be... Yeah, I think that Kennesaw State's a little overrated, obviously, in the coaches' poll and also in terms of uh, lines. So, yeah, we'll go with Monmouth Cover in there. And then we've got Villanova going to New Hampshire, and that's a pretty close spread. Only uh, New Hampshire's a two-point dog in that one at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I think Nova dropped a game against Stony Brook, who isn't a bad team by any stretch. It's kind of like dropping a game to Youngstown in the Valley. Um, And that was after their JMU game, so they were probably pretty beat up. And UNH just – New Hampshire's a hard hard place to play. They got a good home field there. So I think Nova wins, and with that close of a spread, I'm going to go with Nova. I'm with you there. I, I'm kind of surprised that spread so small. I think it's a little overreaction to Nova losing two games in a row uh, mm-hmm. because they were tough games uh, against JMU and Stony Brook. Um, yeah, I'll take Nova covering two. That's a pretty short spread. And then the last out-of-conference one's a big one, uh, probably for the Big Sky Conference um, title, assuming. Weaver State goes to Sac State, who is a seven-point favorite. I mean, you can see why. What they did to Montana and then and Montana State and how they've been playing, they've just been they, – that, that, they're looking like a hell of a ball club out there. Uh, Weaver State, I still have questions with their offense. I think both teams have – Good defenses, but I think Sacramento State's offense is leaps and bounds better than Weaver. So um, with Sac being at home, I'm going to go ahead and take Sac State. I know it's a big big line, but I think they win by 10 points. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Um, 
I I hope that Weaver State wins just because it would make it interesting because Weaver State still has to play Montana. And mm-hmm. then you could have three teams at the top of the Big Sky with one loss in the Big Sky, which would be interesting. But um, right. plus it would – it could potentially knock them down and we could end up with a three seed at that point. But mm-hmm. I would – I'm going to have to agree. I think Sac State's rolling. I, I don't think – Weaver State's that good. I mean, I know they took care of UC Davis like they should have, but yeah, I'll go with Sac State covering the seven points. Yeah, I mean, they they look like a serious national title contender right Yeah, now, no doubt. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, and after this, the only tough game they have left is UC Davis, and UC Davis has shown that they uh, are definitely not the team that people thought they were at the beginning of the season, so. Right. Then we go to the Missouri Valley play. We got Southern Illinois going to Indiana State, who is an eight-point dog in this one. I'll take this one first. I'm kind of surprised the spread so small. Um, if Southern Illinois wasn't so Jekyll and Hyde, I think this would be a great game to bet on because eight points to me against Indiana State at this point in their season is not that much. Yeah, I think I'll take Southern Illinois in this one. Um, I'm hesitant just because of uh, how up and down we've seen them be. But, um, yeah, I think I think they can cover eight here. Yeah, I'm on board. They're starting to roll here. Uh, they, I think they got a lot of momentum after their win against Youngstown and then going and shellacking USD. And I don't think Indiana State's going to be a huge issue for them. But if any team's going to let Indiana State ruin their season, it's going to be Southern Illinois, by God. <laughs> No doubt, it would be a trademark Southern Illinois move. It really would be. It'd be the that'd be the Saluki stamp on the season. But I'm going to take Southern Illinois here and watch them burn me again. And then we've got an interesting one. NDSU has to travel to Youngstown State, and Youngstown State's an 18 point dog in this one. Um, you know, we've heard you in the past talk about you know the game after the marker game being a difficult one with uh, being such a, a physical battle. Um, I'll take I'll take Youngstown to cover in this one. I think that, you know, they showed last week that, you know, they've got some fight in them yet, and they, I think they're, you know, they probably fix some things. Yeah, I mean, granted, it was against West Illinois, but um, I'll take Youngstown State covering here. I think they, they stay within 17. I guess spreads 18, so... Yeah, I mean, you covered my talking points for this. That and, uh, you know, that wasn't that was like a especially physical marker game. Uh, Trey Lance hasn't been playing his best ball. They're going to Youngstown State, where traditionally they haven't played that great, and it's usually a rock fight again. And I don't think Trey Lance is playing that well. So give me uh, Youngstown with that many points. I don't know if they win. I don't think they win, but I think they keep it close. They've got the defensive line to give them their offense some issues. Boy, would it make it interesting, though, if NDSU would slip up. Oof. They, that would, I mean, that would probably knock them out of the top two seeds. Yeah. And then there'd be riots. I'd have to, you know, bar my house. But I mean, honestly, that's uh, this is their last true test for the rest of the season because after that they got Western Illinois, 
and USD at home, and then they go to Southern Illinois at the end of the at the end of the year. I guess you could see that Southern Illinois one may be in tricky, but um, they're not going to struggle with Western Illinois or USD at home. I'll guarantee you that. No, these next weeks are going to be kind of their rest up and heal up weeks, and this is their last. I mean, they they got a run of all their tough games in one go, and this is the last one, and it's a long, long, it's the longest road trip in the conference. I'm right this time. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I, this is one that they, I could see them dropping, uh, not because I think Youngstown State's better than them. I just think with how the schedule sets up and the type of game that it ends up being, usually with Youngstown State with them, I could see them slipping up here, and that you're damn right. That would make for all sorts of interesting fluctuations, and I don't think it necessarily helps us with our seating either. So it's going to be something to see what happens should that happen. How would it not help us, though? Because now we our lost NDSU isn't to the number one un, undoubted, you know, undoubted number one seed with the monster winning record. It's a loss to an NDSU team that lost to Youngstown State and it's a loss to the three seed instead of the one seed or the four seed or whatever that ends up falling out like. And our biggest hat thing we can hang our hat on right now is a is a good loss to them. And that loss doesn't look better with with NDSU losing a game. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. And the I mean I the, the I, other thing I would that we be more than happy to see him lose. The other thing we'd have going against us is that 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 lot the our FCS loss would be head to head against them. So if we ever got into a you know a, a seed matchup, I would assume that they would take that over us, being that you know they beat us head to head. But it, it would be an interesting conversation because obviously their loss would look worse than ours, presumably, is if Youngstown State doesn't you know don't win out or something. But um, right. Yeah, it would it would make things interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, that's the other thing. It it, it could end it's gonna be really hard to justify us being over NDSU and if NDSU drops to the three, well then we're not getting higher than the three if we probably, both went out. Probably not. So I don't think it would be terribly helpful for us. All that being said, I would be more than happy to see NDSU lose because I'm always happy to see NDSU lose. I would too. As long as the the road to Frisco doesn't go through Fargo, that would make me happy. <laughs> I mean, that would be an interesting way for it to come about. They get the three and we get the four. Right. It would be very interesting. So then we've got um, a a fight for with a couple bottom te- bottom dwelling teams in the Missouri Valley. We got uh, USD going to Western Illinois, and USD is a thirteen and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, with this road trip, do you have any idea what the weather's going to be like at the end of the week down there? In Western Illinois? Or, or no, in South Dakota or Western Illinois. Because just because of how much of a bear that travel is, if they end up with travel issues with a team that just had their hearts ripped out and then having to travel to Western Illinois to play at Western Illinois in that atmosphere, this could turn into a rock fight real quick. Um, it's gonna. A lot of it's gonna depend on the mental fortitude of USD, and when they've got players that are punching other players after touchdowns and things, I, I, I don't trust their mental strength. So I think 
Yeah. But Western Illinois is pretty checked out, too. I'll take USD. What the hell? I think you have to. I mean, I, I think Western Illinois has shown that they are a complete dumpster fire at this point. And, yeah, I, I, USD should be able to do enough to cover two touchdowns, I would think. And then they've got to – go ahead. No, I, I think – I was just going to say, I think you're right. I, was say, I feel like we should stop talking about that matchup because it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got uh, nor- a very interesting matchup, Northern Iowa going to Illinois State. And that's only – Illinois State's a one-point dog in that one, so nearly a pick em. And, yeah, I guess it, it'll it, – whichever team wins this could have a chance at a top eight seed potentially, maybe, if they went out. Yeah, if they went out, they could uh, certainly be in line for, you know, a five through eight seed. I could definitely see that happening. The issue for both of them is they have to come up to Brookings, but I I could absolutely see either one of them ending up with a low seed with how the rest of the country is playing out right now. Right, and, you know, with our quarterback situation, you know, it makes games against them much more difficult than they could have been. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely, so, they're not gimmies. Then they weren't gimmies before. Either. No, but they were games that I was confident going into. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be less confident if we've got you know a quarterback that's only got you know a couple game you know one full game of experience under his belt. Right. Uh, all that being said, I'm gonna go with you and I in this game. Illinois State doesn't have a great offense either, and I trust UNI's defense more than Illinois State's defense. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Panthers on the road. This one's tough for me. I don't know if I trust Northern Iowa's offense enough. Yeah, because it's bad. Right. But I also don't know if I trust Illinois State's offense enough against Northern Iowa's defense. Well, I'll tell you what I'm really hoping for. I'm hoping for a physical rock fight that goes to four overtimes. Yes. <laughs> so this they're is... wore out for next week. Now we're talking. Go Team Chaos. I don't even care who wins this game. I want a rock <laughs> fight for four overtimes where they're just beat, beat to hell coming in the next week. I do. I mean, I think it'll be a very difficult and and hard fought game. I'm sure glad we don't have either of them this week after our NDSU game. Oof. Yeah. And I I want to clarify something. I'm not rooting for injuries in that. I just no physically worn down team is what I'm looking for. No doubt. I'll go on the opposite side of you. I'll take Illinois State being at home, and like I said, I just don't have enough confidence in Northern Iowa's offense to up enough points to win that one so great we will see and then we've got sdsu with a big 25 point spread on the road at <sighs> missouri state yeah um this is actually a really tough one for me because it's so many points and you're going from the extremes of atmospheres for playing because from what I read about the UNI game, after the after the band was done playing at halftime, the only people left in the stands was the band. 
That's so sad. Isn't that just horrendous? So, um, I mean, good Lord, that's just honest to God sad. Um, So, and I I think didn't, yeah, no, they didn't play Kansas. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be extremes going from game day and a sold-out crowd for the marker game to playing Misery State in front of nobody in an empty stadium and what's going to feel like a scrimmage after being all banged up with probably a true freshman quarterback. Yeah, we should be able to run and ground them out. Um, but even NDSU only won by 22 down there. So, oh, I don't remember if they even played them down there. But uh, I'm going to take Missouri State to cover. I just don't like the way everything's aligning for us to cover in this game. I think we win. I just don't think it's going to be pretty. I think we just want to get a W and get out of there without any injuries. Yeah, you're making good points. However, that is the first time that you've chosen against SDSU to cover. Oof. That just make me feel like a bad person. <laughs> That's what I was going for. <laughs> just, just, wow. All right, yeah. Let's just, yeah, Brendan, you're a terrible person. You weren't at the marker game and... You just pick against the CSU. <laughs> what are you even doing? No, but I do. I, I have some reasoning for my SDSU pick. And my take is that, number one, our running game is very, very good. N- number two, Missouri State's one and six. And like you said, they're, they have no home field advantage whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Number three, and I, honestly, I think that <laughs> – be better off going to NDSU and playing at a better atmosphere and they would probably get up for that game to try and prove a point and beat NDSU. So I, I think that they were probably up more for the NDSU game in Fargo than they will be at home against us. And so <sighs> with, with those points combined, um, another one more point I have is that I feel like we're going to start Heidi, which we had better do that. I hope. And I feel like we're going to want to get him some confidence. And so I think we'll be throwing the ball around a little bit and trying to get him in a rhythm and maybe get him a touchdown or two or three. And I feel like we'll win going away. Like, uh, I'll go ahead and make my final score prediction now. I'm going to say like 45 to three. Right on. So, I should probably make my final score prediction. Then. Yep. Um, you know, I feel like with the emotional letdown after the NDSU game, I'm sure, you know, you hope everybody's going to be focused, but playing in that sort of atmosphere and everything, we might have a mental mistake or two that ends up getting them uh, more points than we'd like, and we end up winning something like 28 to 10. Okay. Yeah, see, I guess uh, maybe it's the optimist in me, but I feel like – an injury to a starter like that can can rally a team, and I, yes. I, I think that I think that the Gibbs injury does just that, and I think that they come together and they they win big. So we will see which one of us is right. But I mean, I I think we it would be a travesty if we somehow would lose this game. That's for sure. Yes, that. 
that is the perfect term for that. Um, but like you said, the, you know, there's a reason that this segment is called Fade Brendan. <laughs> so um, I'm probably way off base. It's just my feelings going into the game. No, it, but as yeah, far if as we find a way to lose this game, that's going to be mentally awful, right? And is really going to do a bu- whole bunch of bad ramifications. I don't even want to talk about because I'm superstitious. As far as the spread goes, I mean, it it is 25 points. So I mean, it's it's a large number to cover. You know, no matter who you're playing, you know, there are many things that can that can go wrong. It wouldn't take very many of them that for you to not cover that spread. So, right. I mean, we could win 32 to 10. Exactly. I'll still be sitting pretty. So, and that's not a bad, I, I wouldn't feel bad about no, winning 32 to 10 not at all. on a road game. Exactly. With a freshman quarterback. With, exactly. So, well, with that, I think we better end this thing. We probably, uh, but I mean, we had a lot to talk about and go yep. over. So, I guess th- thanks yep. everybody for sticking with us if you did, and um, uh, thanks for the the listens and the uh, you know the the mentions uh, on on Twitter and stuff and liking our stuff. Yeah, um, and you know a lot of new followers. Yeah, and uh, you know I didn't I don't know if I caught his name. I have a terrible memory, so if it did if you did tell me your name, I'm sorry. But um, the guy that came over and stopped by and shook my hand at 6 a.m. when I got to my tailgate. Um, and you know, he complimented me on the podcast and stuff. Thank you for that. I appreciated it. Makes it uh, worth our while, anyway. If we know that people are enjoying it and listening to it, so um, yeah, I mean, not not yep, without it, not doubt. like we're looking for people to come and do that, but it definitely uh, it, it definitely felt good. So much much right. appreciated. And if you're a first time listener and made it all the way through, hey, listen every week. Get your hinder to the games. Uh, follow us on Twitter, um, like our Instagram post. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have Instagram posts. Um, we have a calendar coming out, the men of Jackrabbit Illustrated, <laughs> for next year. <laughs> oh, God. No, but, uh, you know, get uh, do a little subscribe on iTunes, or um, I believe we got Stritcher in there and Anchor, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts regularly. Um, follow me on Twitter at it at it's thumper 76 and follow ben at it's or just at cap and hard he's not cool enough to have it's yeah i'm a normal person and don't have it's in front of my name haters gonna hate (laughs) well with that as always go big go blue go jacks go jacks